Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Oh, my God. The construction out there. Can you hear all that? Like they're they're building a freaking building on top of me. On top of the building. Stop saying building. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Snark Monkey number nine. Number nine. Number nine. This is with Jim Wise. A very funny and talented actor, writer, musician, we learn lots of things. Um, You'll hear about all this, but most prominently, he was a writer for a number of years on Mad TV. He worked on the Jay Leno Show and The Tonight Show, the Arsenio Hall Show, all of them recently departed. Uh, A working performer and comedy writer. And as Steve Martin once famously said, comedy is not pretty. So this is a funny episode, but also just kind of gives you some insight into what the workman-like effort it takes, even when you're doing something silly and fun. So yeah, it's a good conversation. Also, I want to mention that toward the beginning of this, now I've been sitting on this one for a couple of months. I don't know why. I just wanted to get things rolling before I threw Jim's up. And I realized that there are a couple of dated things in here, including some chit-chat early on about baseball. Now at the time, we recorded this in September when uh, Jim's team, the L.A. Dodgers, were doing very well, and I even think I say that looked like they could go all the way, and how my Giants were faltering toward the end of the season and that it would be a long road. Well, of course, we know in the meantime, uh, my Giants won the World Championship, 2014 World Series champion. I could have edited that out, but I kept it in because, well, for sheer spite. And also to uh, just joyously celebrate in my hate of the Dodgers. So we have that. There's a reference to a uh, a gig that he played at his kid's school, which has long since passed, unfortunately. But you can keep up with Jim. Follow him on Twitter. He's a very funny guy. And I think this is a really interesting path for somebody who, especially in the world of comedy, is continuing to look for that next gig as a writer of funny things. It's a weird life. But it's interesting. Full of snark, not so much monkey, and I think you'll find some inspiration and some uh, and some larfs. Enjoy snark monkey number nine. Here's Jim Wise. So now we have technical issues. Let's just talk. Hi, Jim. Hi. Is it's wise, correct? Correct. Yeah. Everybody. It, it is often mispronounced as Weiss. Yes. In fact, even at uh, my wedding, you know, when after you get married and then you leave for a little bit and the reception's happening and then you make your big entrance and uh, the guy that's 
was in the band, uh, the, the sax player announced Mr. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Jim Weiss. <laughs> and so everybody, you know, and there's a, just a lot of comedians there. You well, know? it's spelled like the word wise. Right. So you would think people would default to that. But maybe I guess there, think. there are too many Weisses in this town. There are a lot of Weisses. And, and, and I would imagine at some point, you know, my name was Weiss in the old country. Oh, I guess so. Or, or Weiss, you know. Um, I I don't want to go back that I'm, far. I'm of Germanic stock. Uh, <laughs> Are uh, you? Yes. All right. Let's talk about your lineage, shall we? <laughs> I, I am fascinated by what the life of a essentially a comedy writer that is such a a specific thing. I mean, you have done so many things. You've done voice acting. You have done actual acting. Right. Uh, you have been a writer and a performer. Um, and your career is really interesting. You've worked pretty steadily. For right. a while. Yeah. Let's yeah. talk about first, where, where did you, you grew up here in Southern California? I grew up in Mar Vista, yeah. I'm finding the, more and more of these rare natives yeah. here. I talked to Ken, Le, uh, Ken Levine, um, I better say it right, Ken Levine, who okay. wrote for years on MASH and Cheers and has a media blog now. And um, he, uh, he was born in Santa Monica and grew up in the Valley. And mm-hmm. uh, it, it's interesting to talk to people who grew up here. Their perspective is very different from all the rest of us who are transplants. Right. Do you did you like growing up here? I loved it. Yeah. I love I mean, where I live in a house that I threw a paper to when I was in seventh grade. Seriously. I mean, yeah. And and I I loved Marvist. I loved growing up there. Um uh, You're wearing your Dodger shirt. I'm wearing my Dodger shirt. Which but and and between me and you, I'm I'm really pissed off at the Dodgers because of this whole Time Warner thing. Oh, not being able to watch him. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. I mean, it, and it's they made a boatload of money, but it's a, it's a. I think they're gonna regret. The, and but it just so happens in a year that looks like they could potentially go all the way. Again. They could, but they're getting pounded right now. I oh, mean, as we speak, they're yeah, getting speak, beat by yeah, the Rockies. The Rockies yeah, badly. And as a Giants fan, I couldn't be more happy. Uh, are you? So are you from up north? Are Is you it? gonna flip the table over and walk no, out? No, 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 I love the Giants. I lived in. Uh, I became. I can tell you when I became a, not only a Giants fan but a baseball fan because yeah. I grew up in West Texas. Where, okay. Where so it was Cowboys and Permian High School football, the Friday Night Lights School, right? Okay. Yeah. So I didn't know from baseball, even though we had a Cubs like. Triple A team in in the area, right, right. Nobody baseball. Yeah. <laughs> it was an afterthought. So I ended up living in the Bay Area um, the year of the Bay Bridge World Series, the Earthquake, Earthquake World yeah. Series, eighty nine. Uh, I can I can pinpoint the moment I became a baseball fan. It was yeah. Will Clark uh, at bat up against Wild Thing, Mitch Williams, mm-hmm. uh, nineteen eighty nine National League Championship, yeah. and uh, the greatest batting pitching duel. Hmm. I believe I have ever seen a lot of and pitches. Finally, Will Clark just snagged a single. You know, mm-hmm. got to first base. But uh, I went, "Oh my God, this is the greatest game I've ever seen." I'm a Giants <laughs> fan from now on. Um, so anyway, yeah. Uh, so now we hate each other. No, uh, no, no, not at all. I grew up down here. I went to school up there. I went to Berkeley. Okay. So I kind of became a Giants fan up there, and then I moved back down here. And you know, it, Dodgers are the team down here. Although. You know, for a while, Atlanta Braves were on every day. So I got to, in the 90s, the Braves were, yeah, they, they were great, and they were on TBS every day. Yeah, so. that TBS thing became, 
made them hugely popular. Yeah. They were kind of America's team. That's for a what while. they called themselves yeah. in, the, in the ads. Yeah. So I, you know, it's it's sad, but it's like whoever I can watch, I like, and I can't watch the Dodgers. I mean, I can if I got Time Warner, but right. I, I don't want to switch out everything. I'm, Just you know, I got kids, and they got to figure out how to manipulate the remote. <laughs> you, you don't want to change your cable system because it will take too long for your kids to figure I, out the remote. I don't know. I don't want to change my cable system just based on the principle of it. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be told, no, you can't watch this. Good for you. You know? Make a stand, Jim. And so I'm getting pissed. And so, you know, by association, you know, I'm not happy with the Dodgers. And I refuse to go out to the stadium. I refuse to give them any money. Now, I will wear this shirt because I do like the color blue and it's very comfortable and it's hot out there. <laughs> That's why. You're a complex man, Jim. I really am. <laughs> so you grew up here yeah. in Southern California. You went to Berkeley. Let's let's figure yeah. out somewhere in between when. Um, now, do, do you have, what did your parents do? Uh, my dad was in computers, oh. and my mother was a homemaker for the most part. So no. Housewife. Any connection to the entertainment industry? Uh, yes. Yeah? Here's one connection. My grandfather was the head electrician at 20th Century Fox. The head electrician? Head electrician. At Fox? At Fox. So you got to go on the lot? No. No? <laughs> no. He was retired by the time I was old enough to do anything. But, but actually, I was dissuaded from getting into any show business from him and my dad. And really? Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, uh, well, he was head electrician. He was, it was kind of a rough gig. He had to get his contract renewed every year. Um, so he saw the more kind of blue collar side of right. show business, right? And it, he and it didn't seem like a good idea. Yeah, he just kept telling me he was like, "Oh boy, it's a rotten business." That was <laughs> he would tell me it's, it's a rotten business, and my dad was like, he didn't want to have any part of it. And but that you know, I I was a smart ass growing up, and was it the that kind of was it a class clown thing or well, what's what is it? There's the class clown, and then there's the other guy. Um, yeah, the class clown is the one that everybody has that analogy. But. Right, but what is what is that? I'm, I'm, I, I've heard it before, uh, and I can't pull it right here. Well, the one I pull pull out is like the class clown is the one that kind of farts in the middle of class, yeah. and the the other one is the guy that that talks him into doing it or something like that. <laughs> exactly. Right. I was more. I was more that guy. Like yeah. I was, you know, a, a secret, uh, kind of like the the brains behind the operation. <laughs> <laughs> and I got in a lot of trouble though too. I mean, it was it was, but I was a good student, except for conduct, you know. Right. Would you, you remember when? Yeah, you would report get, yeah. cards were broken down into you know all yeah. your all your subjects, and then conduct and effort. I would get A's except for conduct and effort, and then be C's. Yeah, but and, I, that, and that usually meant some kind of meeting. It was like, look, he's doing really well, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. but look at this. Yeah, I told my 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 daughter's uh, in fourth grade now and when i was in last year i went to her uh parent teacher not parent teacher back to school night and I, she's in third grade and when i was in third grade i got in a lot of trouble so much trouble that my mother had to meet my third grade teacher on the tennis courts <laughs> at mar vista park like well i'm gonna go talk to you and the only time i can meet with her is is at uh the tennis court so they have this you know conversation about jimmy well jimmy did it and he's so big for his britches on the tennis court oh that's about the worst that can be said about somebody's you too, were, big, too for, big for your too britches. Big for britches wow so i've had thick thighs i've got i've got powerfully built 
Yes, you're. You're. I don't. Even <laughs> I'm <know>. husky. <laughs> there we go. I'm, hus- I'm a husky fifty year old. So was was comedy something you gravitated to right away? Were there funny guys that you were your heroes? What were you? Yeah, into? I mean, I was totally into comedy. Like Mad Magazine. Oh, it yeah. was was like a staple. You know, going way back, uh, watching the Three Stooges. The monkeys, you know, I was into the music and the, and the the music and the comedy sure. uh, of that. Um, I still like the monkeys' music, actually. I do too. It's, 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 it's I think it's, it's gotten past the guilty pleasure stage, so that we can realize, even though they didn't make the music, right. a lot of really good writers and yeah. really good performers yeah. did. Yeah, yeah. So why don't we just enjoy it? Okay? Yeah, yeah. What's wrong with a little daydream believer? Now <laughs> no, there's yeah. some there's some interesting interesting songs that they did, but. Uh, uh, but what was it about that? Was there a point you realized that people were doing that as an occupation? I mean, do you remember kind of discovering? Yeah, not not exactly. Like there wasn't a. I can't remember this. Uh, the aha moment, Larry. Yeah. But the, but <laughs> That's what uh, I'm looking for. But I do. Can you I make know, one you're up? You're gunning for it. <laughs> no, but I, I remember like being in a play in school, like the Christmas play, and you know getting a laugh and just like what a, a, a rush you know and and being that? and being able to keep a straight face while the audience was laughing at something funny you say yeah you instinctively know? yeah i mean well that's a little bit of an aha moment is yeah. i i just i just did something that got a reaction and i know how to respond to it i mean you were you 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 both reveled in it and you understood it a little bit i guess you understood right. the kind of I got to maintain my character. What were you playing right. in the Christmas play? I was the the. Uh, it was, <laughs> God, this is like first grade. Um, it was the story of Silent Night. Oh, and like how the song came to be. Right, and I was the organ mender. <laughs> wow, and and, uh, and I don't remember the line. Peripheral was, but, but crucial. But I, crucial, I but it was, it was like I, you know. I've tried everything I can. Like, I couldn't fix the organ, oh. so they had to, instead of playing it on the organ, they had to sing it. Is that why it was such a silent night? I the guess. The or- organ was busted? I, I don't remember that <laughs> that part of the story, but yeah, but but yeah, I, I guess so. So did you do a lot of theater? Did you do the high school musicals, yeah, yeah, things yeah. like that? A, yeah, yes. Yeah. I, was, I did all that stuff. I was... Um, you know, and I, went, I was a musical theater major at NYU uh, briefly after high school uh, for a semester before Berkeley. Before Berkeley, yeah. Oh, okay, so you so, so you made so you made a decision as a as a young as an adolescent. Mm-hmm. I am going to pursue entertainment. Yeah, I'm going to pursue performing. How right. did the parents respond at that point? Well, they were they were totally cool with that. I mean, they were they're really uh, supportive of of everything. Um, I did what it came down to. Uh, kind of a turning point with uh, NYU was it cost a lot of money. And I told my dad at some point, like it was during, this is crazy, but it was during Christmas break and we were up in Santa Clara uh, at, at Santa Clara University. Right. Because some friends of ours were doing a play and I was in the band for the play and so I think my parents came up, and I'm talking to my dad out in front of Togo's, where all important conversations take place. If it's not on the tennis courts, right, yeah. Exactly. Uh, and uh, he's like, so how's it going at NYU? And I'm like, 
yeah, it's good. And I had gotten, like, I had a, <laughs> I made a huge mistake. I got involved with a girl, like, right away. Oh, boy. And it was a bummer. Freshman it, year? Yeah. Like, First thing? Like, a weekend. Ugh. It was off. I mean, it. You don't do that. I made some, well, listen, that's that's just the tip of the iceberg <laughs> oh, no. on, on the bad decisions <laughs> in life. But, uh, but I, yeah, I got involved with this girl, and it really made things rough um, because we ended up having every class together. Oh, no. <laughs> and, and, uh. Yeah, it's like I auditioned for the musical theater department, and uh, I met this girl in the process, and uh, she, we we totally hit it off, and we started hanging out, and it was like instant girlfriend, and I didn't really want that, you know, uh, and so I was kind of like pushing her away the whole time, but it was like a whole semester of, of like this kind of bummer t- this t- this little tug of war back and forth yeah i mean it was but it was uh it was it was bad news and now that i'm saying that that's been happening a lot that's happened a lot in my life you know really and, yeah i mean Where stuff but, comes to you in a way that you didn't want or expect it and you kind of no more of the girl thing like, oh more, just more, the girl yeah thing. the girl thing like uh getting involved with the girl and then feeling like oh, i really shouldn't be with this girl and then um uh lamely mishandling the I, I i for example a girl asked me to her prom when i was a senior in high school right and as a reflex i'm like sure do you want to go to my prom she's like yeah and i'm like oh, i'm kind of giving her the bad wrong message here am i i i really am not i don't i don't think we are go to each other prom go to each other's prom you know uh, yeah. like we're not that kind of a couple yeah and i don't feel that way for her and and so I disinvited her to the prom. Oh, you disinvited her. <laughs> yeah. Oh, just awful. Oh, just awful. Jim, Jim, I Jim, know. Jim. Wow. All right. So but that's that's a lame girl handling. <laughs> you know who else has done that? Hmm. Every guy ever in the history of guys. <laughs> yeah. I think poorly uh, mis mishandling. Yeah. Her. Yeah. Especially at that. I age. thought it was you know yeah because anyway. you kind of say yes to everything and then you realize oh, I probably shouldn't say yes to yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. But but back to. So I say to my dad, "Yes, I'll probably not graduate from NYU." And he's like, "Why go back at all?" I'm like, "Well, I just want to finish out maybe the year." And he's like, "It's twelve thousand dollars a year." That's how long ago it was. Yeah, now it's that sounds pretty it's reasonable. Like 12, it's twelve thousand a semester because I was an out of state kid. Yeah, now it's got to be like seventy. It's, or something. it's something. Yeah, yeah, it's something like fifty, sixty thousand a year. I think with yeah. Which is crazy. Do you have kids? I'm- I have. A, I have. Uh, actually, it's funny you say this because um, my son went to BU. Oh, and in the theater department there, and they actually talk about this freshman year first because it's a conservatory style program, so you're in it right away. Right. And they immediately talked to him. They said, "Look, you're around the same people all the time. Relationships are going to form. Mm-hmm. Just keep in mind, you're going to see these people every day for the next." Four years. Nobody ever told So me. they basically, I know, and I think they incorporate this into their orientation, which is you want to get romantic, there's no way to tell you not to, but just let us tell you right now, they're going to end and that's going to be tough. So do what you have to do to protect you. So it was really interesting. Yeah, and, and that was really smart. Because yeah, I think it was they, really smart. I most of them followed, that, uh, followed yeah. that advice. It was very good advice. Because you do basically see the same 20 people for the next four years right. in those programs. Right. Yeah. Well, this was just for – it ended up being for four months because it was just a semester. Yeah. But, man, it was brutal, especially like – 
now everybody has to sing a song from a musical theater show and oh she's gonna pick a song that uh, is, that is represents. called uh, yeah, if he really knew me if he really <laughs> truly knew me uh, and from I'm getting my act together and taking it on the road right. and and not only am I gonna sing the song but I'm gonna look dead at Jim while I'm singing it oh, God so. There's no better time to expose your real feelings <laughs> and to the rest of the world than in a theater class in your freshman year. Oh, that just feels painful. Oh, it was brutal. So, so you left NYU. Yeah. So that's when Berkeley came along. Right. You, did, were you able to transition right in there? And well, just... I got it. I had I'd been accepted into both from high school, oh. and and so I yeah I, I transferred. And you know what? I think in uh, in just this is like therapy, kind of. Um, yeah, I'm, learning, I'm learning a lot about myself. Uh, probably I applied to uh, to diametrically opposed schools, not not only geographically, but you know, uh, UC Berkeley as opposed to NYU. You know, you're going to be at Broadway. You know, training for yeah, Broadway. it was theater focused, right? theater, yeah, NYU. and not at Berkeley, not at Berkeley. No, I mean, I did some shows there. And I, you know, started playing in bands and stuff like that, singing a lot. So more. you, wh- where did your musical background come from? I just sang. I always liked to sing. Yeah, yeah. And pl- and you learned to play what? Guitar. Yeah, yeah. I learned how to play guitar. You when were I was... in bands in high school. Yeah. Uh huh. Bad cover bands, original uh, stuff. Uh, cover bands. Yeah. Cover, yeah. Uh, I oh was God! In, what would you play, Jim? I was uh, before the first band I was in uh, was called um, <laughs> the worst name. It's these older older guys. Uh, Guys ahead of me in high school, uh, Blue Wind, and they. But there was no like it was not a, a, a you know a gas human. It was not. There's no joke about right. You know, being gassy. It was. It, it was, was just, just a juxtaposition. They thought it was a juxtaposition cool, of words. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. So that was the that was when I was uh, I don't know sophomore or something like that. Like, what hey, was the we, showstopper? What was the like bring down the house song? Um, probably Rebel Rebel. Actually, you know what. <laughs> One time, I uh, we had one one gig uh, at Immaculate Heart High School, uh-huh. which is in Hollywood. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, God, you know, I wasn't really into it, so I like set up all these gags. <laughs> like I was gonna, because at that point, like David Lee Roth uh, chugged a bottle of Jack Daniels in concert, and he forgot the words to "Running with the Devil." And so, and so I, I got an empty Jack Daniels bottle and filled it with tea and chugged it. And then whatever song it was, I was just an, so an you're idiot. incorporating prop comedy doing, into your band set. I was doing bits, yeah, and I was like, you know, gonna bite a head off a pigeon or of you, were. you know, because of Ozzy. And then, and then at, on the last, uh, on the last song, uh, my friend, uh, I had a friend come up and uh, pants me. Like, you know, and, and I was wearing like, you know, comedic boxers. Of I mean, course. It was, it was just like a, and, and I actually never, it never occurred to me that the guys, the other guys in the band are probably pissed. Because they're trying to they're be try, serious musicians, musicians, right? Yeah. Oh, man. So what was the goal around this time? So you're, you're in these theater programs. NYU doesn't happen uh, except for a semester and you're at Berkeley. What, again, we, I don't think we cover, how is it different? How is Berkeley What's the what's the focus there? As opposed the focus to- for me at Berkeley was uh, mostly drinking, <laughs> <laughs> but but that but that wasn't and girls and but that wasn't a technical major though that wasn't no. uh, that wasn't on the books there. No, I graduated as a uh, social scientist. 
Really? Yes. I'm right. a social scientist. But you were doing theater. So what was the but goal? Well, I mean, the goal uh, the goal was just to pro- graduate. Probably just to you know kill time and then come down. Seriously, really? And, yeah, and come back to LA. Yeah, I mean, in, in retrospect, it was not like I was not a goal driven kid. But you weren't thinking about I want to be a performer or I want to be no, I a, want to be a performer. Y- you knew that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Now, were you thinking stand up? Were you thinking sketch comedy? Did you? Improv? I really, I really didn't know. I no? liked, you know, I had seen the Groundlings. When I was in high school, and uh, actually got called up on stage once, and that was fun. And so yeah. I thought, well, I'll, I'll try that, and, yeah. and I ended up going there. So yeah. when so when you graduated, and you you came back to town, came back to L.A. Yeah, what happens then? I started uh, auditioning. Doing, no, no, no. I mean, I, I you, you know, you, there's that that lag where you're. You know, get your headshots and all that yeah. stuff. My son's in that lag right now. Is he dead? So he's he's oh. pursuing it. He's, he's in New York. Yeah, I was in New York. Wow. Yeah. And he's a musician, so oh, he's kill, he's filling his time playing gigs, right? And then trying to get all that other stuff. Yeah, going. yeah. I did that. I you know I'd played. I mean, that's what you do. Yeah. I mean, that it, it's it, it's a pretty standard story. There's there's really very few walk out of school, get discovered, start working. Oh yeah. I mean, unless nobody you're... does that. Yeah, I mean there there are a few like George Newbern I think was he's a friend and he was snatched up I think in, when he was still at uh, uh, Northwestern. Yeah, like they have some you know industry night. It depends on the school, you know that 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 seems to me. And in, in in retrospect, I did not know that uh, Northwestern is this huge. Um, a training ground that is supported by for, you know oh, for theater yeah yeah, yeah. Um, which I don't know if I would have gone there or not <laughs> but I uh, I had a lot of friends at Berkeley um, and that's why I ended up going there I came down here lived with my folks waited tables worked as a temp worked in production for a little while started taking classes at the Groundlings yeah got headshots got an agent. You know, all that stuff, audition, played gigs, did cover gigs, just still playing know. in the band. Two two acoustics. I had actually I had I was I was busy. What was the first break that you felt like, oh, I'm getting a little traction here? Uh well the first major break was um working uh with Carol Leifer on her show which in nineteen ninety seven. So you know, a good time later. I mean, I got in the Groundlings and all that, and I was getting. You did fine. go through Groundlings, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was uh, who was there uh, there around that time? Who uh, I mean, who'd you who were you yeah, performing yeah. with, and who did you I, learn I came from? Up, what I, names uh, would we know? Uh, Will Ferrell, yeah. Um, he came up after me and was you know immediately snatched. Yeah. Uh, Mike McDonald, who went on to Mad TV, uh, Mad TV. and um, I mean. Mike Hitchcock, Tim Bagley, Patrick Bristow, Lisa Kudrow, Julia Sweeney was just leaving as I was getting in. Um, Who was it? I just um, somebody was just telling a story about going up uh, at the Groundlings because uh, there was a there was a night that Lorne Michaels came in, came in mm-hmm. and identified like a couple of the women. Mm. I guess it was Lisa Kudrow and and who ended up getting hired around that time? Julia. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. That, that would have been before my time. But he came back he came back around to I guess kind of check in on Will and Chris and uh Sherry O'Terry. 
that must have been a goal in the back of your mind. Oh, yeah. I mean, SNL yeah. is always that kind of holy grail hovering over anybody who's doing Groundlings and mm. now UCB and any of that yeah, stuff. It's yeah. got to always be in the back of the mind. Yeah. So yeah. you did perform in front of those people or those producers? I, I did, but it was after I didn't do the showcase mm-hmm. where they were serious, like where Will was discovered. Right. I was not in that show. Yeah. And uh, there were a couple other, you know, people that were... Did you have bitterness around that time? To see, I mean, I mean <laughs> uh, uh, you can't help no. but when you see people you're around and you're working with and no, you see them you kind know, of... I mean, I, I thought that... Like, I always thought that, like, Mike McDonald would have been a probably better... Uh, not better, but would have been a good pick for Saturday Night Live. Really? Yeah. And I think he kind of settled with Matt TV. N- no offense to Matt TV. I mean, I wrote for Matt TV. Right. No, we're going to get to that. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. But um, no, it, it wasn't. It wasn't bitterness. It was just like, well, this is how the business works. Right. I mean, there was. It is. It is uh, stunning to see somebody skyrocket and be on the side of a like when Will was on the one sheet, the poster for Elf, and it was on the side of. A building, right? It's massive, right? Yeah, on uh, you're driving up Highland, and oh my God, there's my friend. Yeah, and and like if if he had been a dick, then yeah, maybe it, it would be a different story. But he was always cool. Yeah, you know. And did he stand out? I mean, could you tell at the Groundlings? Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, he, stu- he was one of those guys. You went, oh yeah, well, he's stu- yeah, he's. I mean, you know, he's he's tall and you know and, <laughs> yeah. and and funny and just kind of has that you know you know that fro at that point right you know? um so even just as a physical kind of yeah he's, 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 as they say he's, he's a great type i mean yeah. he's he's uh and he's funny and smart and you know he's cool um he, he, he like i saw his like advanced class show and he really stood out yeah. you know so uh, around this time, what what other kind of work are you starting to do? And and are you starting to write? Are you uh, Groundlings well, is character based, correct? So yeah, they have you develop um, fully fl- formed characters, even though there's improv involved. Improv involved, and there's sketch coming in at this time. Yeah, I mean, there's there there's some stuff. Most of it's it's supposed to be character based. Um, sometimes it was just situational, um, but that was the the. Uh, I mean, aside from doing bits here <laughs> yeah that's right well we're here where we are here is within the studios of premier networks which right. was used to be known as premier radio networks right, right. and you were but, part of a troop of people that were coming in doing a lot of radio comedy and right. bits and and yeah. ridiculous characters and voices yeah, and yeah yeah a lot of a lot of parodies yes a lot of the uh what would you what was some of the stuff you did here were there regular well, characters? It, yeah, I can't remember many of them, but but uh, <laughs> we do. Well, we there's did so like, freaking many of them. Yeah, it was there's a ton of them, but I do remember like the you know, oh, it's a Tom Petty song, but it's not really a Tom Petty song, and it's about traffic. You know, that's that's how. <laughs> and so now I'm late to work. You know, right, that, right. That I, I don't even know what song that is, but I do remember that voice. Um. But that's kind of good training ground for some. I mean, we've had more than a few people come through here. Corolla, uh, Jimmy Kimmel, uh-huh. um, having to crank out bit after bit after bit after bit. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, pushes you to... 50 bucks a pop, bro. <laughs> there you go. You know, the more you write, the more hours you can spend 
in the booth too. Yeah, you know? that's because you ended up doing a lot of voice work. I did. Yeah, on. yeah. So let's let's kind of get to that. I mean, when when did things? We're come? all over the place. I know, but see how see how unfocused I am. That's all right. That, well, but that's that's you know that's why I can't make uh, good decisions with women, <laughs> except for my wife. Best decision ever. Yeah, I was hoping you would Honey. get around to saying that. Um, do we want to talk about the romantic life? Well, no, it no. probably parallels the professional life. Um, so <laughs> scattered and 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 unfocused, full of mistakes. So when did things? Uh, let, let's let's get to Mad TV because I'm mm-hmm. curious about sure. that. Because Mad TV, how long? I mean, that was on the air for how long? Fourteen seasons, and you got to work on it for seven seasons. Yes, as well as I mean, you were writing mostly, but you were right. also showing up as a performer uh, on occasion. Rarely, yeah, rarely. When it was some sort of music thing, they'd use me. And uh, Stephen Cragg had a deal where he would he would get to do. X amount of sketches um, a season for a while, and he would put me in those. Well, so. I, I want to talk about Mad TV just because, you know, it's always been looked at as the, you know... Red-headed uh, step... Of uh, SNL, <laughs> yeah. And our, all apologies to our ginger friends out there. Sure, sure. But, uh, and, and people will just, now that it's off the air, people will just openly bash it um, as as this horrible place to work. I've listened to a lot of podcasts because that's just what I did over the past year, uh, just trying to figure out how it works. Right. And people have no problem saying it was just this kind of, but it lasted for 14 seasons. Yeah. So t- how, first, how did you get the job? Well, I got the job because uh, there were six or seven other groundlings working there at the time. Right. Uh, including Mike McDonald, who was, as I kind of learned after I started working there, was kind of like a silent producer. Like he was, he yeah, was, he, he had was, a lot of power there. He had a lot of power. He and became one of the more popular players. He was, he was the most popular. If there was a breakout guy, it was him. Yeah. And but you know, it wasn't for whatever reason they just never got their shit together with a Stewart movie or no, you know, no, they, they just they just never got it together. And and by the I, way, this is Fox TV connected to a rather large studio called Fox. You yeah. would think. Well, Warner Brothers owned the show, right? Oh, and, and okay. It was it. It got it, it was it was kind of murky in the ownership area, as far as I could tell. I don't know why. You know, I never really got into the business end of it. Right. I was the head writer for the final season, and. I still don't know what was happening there. I, I swear to God. I mean, it was... So it was a bit of a, a cluster. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it was... But <laughs> it was fun at the same time. I, I never had a... Like, I, I never... I would never say, oh, it was horrible, horrible, horrible. But, you know, compared to what? You know? Well, I, I think that's the thing. Anytime, you know, people who are creative and get steady work on anything have to remind themselves, look, we're, we're, we're writing make-believe stuff. I right. mean, you're, you're writing comedy. You're writing silly sketches yeah. and silly characters. With cool people, yeah. and, and, and for and the you, most part. You must be laughing some yeah. with, with fellow people. There. I mean, there's going to be politics, and there's going to be BS, and you might have bad bosses. Right. So it... But but it can be a grind if it, if you're not really satisfied with it. The 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 one thing is you know our our Lorne Michaels was no Lorne Michaels. We didn't have this guy who really got comedy and continued to grow. 
as time went on, you know, he was not uh, like when when SNL started. I believe that Lorne was the same age as all those guys, right? I mean, yeah. was it? I mean, basically, yeah, they okay. were they were definitely contemporaries. All right. Yeah. Well, well, our the owner of the show uh, was. N- this you know it was considerably like, older yeah it was, it was yeah it was like uh, you know I'm trying to impress my uncle with this <laughs> with this character like I, I here's an example uh, Stephen Craig and I wrote a, a sketch called Knobs and it was like it was about guys that worked in a knob store like it was a specialty store you, you know they did the SNL had the tape like the Scotch tape store right that like uh, Mike Myers did or I, nah, I, oh. nah, that was everything Scott oh that's but, right anyway this is this actually I was at a store I was at some place and this guy was you know talking about knobs and I thought oh that's kind of funny <laughs> you know these guys are knobs they work in a knob store so that we wrote this thing where these guys were dicks and it was like Bobby and uh Ike and so this is, uh, Bobby Lee and Ike Barinholtz. Ike Barinholtz, yeah, sorry. And um, I'm just translating. Thank you for the, for the uninitiated. So we wrote this sketch, and it was kind of like a, you know, when we finished writing it. It's like, ah, oh, this is going to be like performance based, and it's got to be driven by them, and it's pretty bad, and <laughs> it kind of died at the table as right. I remembered it, and I was like, oh, okay, well that's. You were ready to move on. It just yeah, did, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was – we were writing sketches. You just – you can't dwell. Yeah, you're cranking stuff out, so you don't you don't get too attached to everything. No, I mean, you can't you can't really – I mean, you know, I, I respect people that have a passion about their, you know, work. Right. Okay, but th- that's not the right arena. Well, you, it's a real pick-your-battles thing. There are some, some you must have fought for, but – Yeah, but I, but I mean, I, I was – Knobs was not one of I will, them. I will say I was embarrassed to be associated with it. Even though it was my idea, it just it, truly. So we were like, "Well, that that tanked." Oh well, you know, back to the old drawing board or whatever. I don't think we actually said that literally, but does, I don't think anybody really says yeah. that. Yeah. So uh, where is the drawing board? I, so we're going. We're going to go back and uh, go back to work. And uh, I think uh, John Crane was head writer, or I can't remember how we heard. You know, yeah, they. They really responded. David really responded to Knobs. It was David Salzman, who was our Lauren Michaels. Right. And we're like, what? <laughs> and he says, yeah, he really liked it. And so, you know, he said, here we have these two lovable losers. And we're like, oh, no. And so not only did that air, did it, you know, get produced, they kept asking for him. So we had to write. And so it got to the point where, like, okay, and this one – I'm putting. I'm going to cram a bunch of songs into it. This is going to be a musical one, and this one is going to be where. And it just turned into. It was like the weirdest franchise, if you know that that should have never been, because he liked it. Yeah, you know, and 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 I don't know. I've never heard anybody say, "Oh, that you know." You talk about Mad TV. You'll talk about whatever Miss Swan or Stewart. I've never heard anybody talk well about the. About those knobs guys. Yeah, the knobs. That was guys. you. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and, and no knobs movie in the future is what you're no saying. No knobs movie that yeah. I that I know of. I mean, but um, you know, uh, if it hadn't been for Mad TV, there would be no Key and Peele. That's one good thing that came right. out of there. 
Well, I mean, it, it was a. I mean, there are so many faces. I mean, we, you just mentioned Ike Barinholtz, for instance, oh. who is kind of brilliant, and what he does on Mindy made that show a completely different show. Yeah, and and that's just great. a peripheral character. That's a supporting character. Do you know that that guy got hired as a writer on that show on Mad TV? No, on, on, on Mindy. On Mindy yeah, that's right. That's he was right. Hired as a writer, and he you know muscled his way onto TV. Ike's good. He's Ike's, hilarious. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it does seem to have that mixture of people who are happy they had the experience, but happy that they're not there anymore. I mean, oh, yeah. can you look back totally. on Mad TV positively at this point in terms of what it did for you? Or Yeah, I mean, it, it uh, gave me a bunch of money. <laughs> I mean, it, I, I don't – I mean, it, 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 I got a bunch of money for seven years for yeah. – for, for the most part, having a really good time uh, writing with friends, yeah, uh, and there were some falling outs in between now and then, and but what's it like? We laughed really hard, yeah. a lot. We'll see. There you I go. Say. And you and you and got that's the, healthy. And I've you heard. were head writer on the final season. Yeah. So it. what's that like to suddenly well, be in charge of the room? Um, you know, I was one of the older people there, so and. You know, I'd just been there longer, and so it just kind of fell in my lap, basically. Um, it was... That's not giving yourself a lot of credit. Well, I, I mean, I, I didn't get fired. Let's say you deserved it. I, let's just say I was next in line, and I got it. <laughs> I swear to God. I mean, listen, I uh, you know, yeah, I deserved it because I stayed there as long as I did. Yeah. Um, But there was talk of, you know, somebody else doing it, and... You know, if you don't want it, we're going to offer this next guy. I'm like, no, I'll do it. And I'm glad I did. Uh, but the downside of that is having to sit through meeting after meeting where nothing gets done Ugh. with, you know, our Well, guy. anybody who's been in a position of, of management kind of understands that concept. That's horrible. Because you're it's, at a level now where you're talking to that next couple of higher levels, right. which you never really had to deal with before that as a right. writer. You only heard about it. Right. And you usually heard somebody bitching about right, it. Right, right, right. <laughs> and now you're actually getting to deal with it yeah. one-on-one. Yeah. No, that, that season was, you know, it was truncated, and then we found out like halfway through that we were canceled. So the big challenge that season was keeping everybody interested. Right. Keeping the writers around, like, and and, you know, and having to keep that a secret um katie dippold who went on to write for parks and recreation and wrote the heat right came into my office one day and said hey i wanted to ask you if you wanted me to do a rewrite on that and also are we being canceled (laughs) like she just she just sprung it on me and i i think my face changed so much that it was like i couldn't lie about it right you know it's like Ah. (laughs) so you knew before the rest of the staff yeah 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 uh, John Crane was the showrunner, and he said, "Yeah, I had, I had a uh, lunch with uh, Todd Yasui, who was our our liaison uh, at Fox, and uh, you know, we were talking about the show and blah blah blah." And I said something like, "Well, you know, we consider we had just done like we just hired four new actors, and they were all pretty good." And I was thinking, "God, you know, if we just get like four more of these guys." You know, we could we could really turn the show around. We could make this show a different kind of show, right? And and he and he just goes, he just shook his head. He said, "It's that's not going to happen." He he just he just he just nodded. He just goes, 
it's coming. It's coming. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So, which was okay. Yeah. You know. Well, you know, it's interesting because, again, I, I don't want to spend too much time on this, and I don't want to bag on Mad TV, but I'm fascinated because the people who have worked there, you don't ever hear anyone say, oh, my God, I had the most glorious time. It was such... It, it it came with so much baggage, yeah, and it left with so much baggage. Mm-hmm. And I think definitely people are thankful for having the experience and the money, yeah, and to have a job where you weren't, you know, digging ditches or getting shot at. You know, but what? it was it was a little bit of a heavy place to be. It seems it was a dark place to be. Yeah. I got I, I I definitely I regret many of my actions. <laughs> this is a confession now, but I, I got to say the the uh, the pay. You know, writers get paid very well. Yeah. Um, did you and, learn something? I mean, did you feel like did, did you get? Did, oh, yeah. Were you a better writer? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. It, as it, far as sketches, it, at least as far as trial by fire or whatever, whatever it took, you became a better writer. I believe so. Yeah. 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 Knobs notwithstanding, knobs was horrible. <laughs> but you know, it was it was the, by the way. Let's pause. To let everybody go YouTube knobs real quick. Yeah, I'm not sure. And what... we'll be back. <laughs> there. Okay. Um, uh, I don't even know if I've never even looked it up. You know, oh, I we're... honestly haven't. Oh, we're so doing that in a minute. All right. Um, I'm playing but, a clip but, from but, knobs. But I'll tell you, um, I wrote a ton of music for Mad TV. Well, that was another thing is that your the music aspect of your life came into play quite a bit. Yeah. You have won... Emmy Award. I won, you won an I Emmy won, Award. I won an And been Emmy. nominated for Emmys for yeah. musical compositions. Right, uh, most uh, Lyrics. Yeah. Yeah. I won for lyrics in 2006. Now, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was great. It was a big surprise, too. That was that was a, a, a big MTV, MTV, Mad TV win. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they didn't win a lot of Emmys. No, they didn't win any. <laughs> I mean, well, actually, they I think they got uh, Best Makeup, ultimately. Jen Aspinall, who's kind of a genius, uh, ran a, a pretty good department there. Yeah. I, I, uh, we ha- I, I believe we're, she's a mutual friend, Lisa Cushell, now Lisa Arch, who right. was on uh, Mad TV for a, sh- a short amount yeah, of time. Yeah, she, before me. Had a mm-hmm. terrific character that she took to the show, but they tended to put it toward the end, hmm. um, that she had done in Sketch, other places. Uh, but they they manipulated it to the point where she was just covered with warts and had this kind of terrible nose. <laughs> and But it was kind of brilliant makeup. And it was right. like, oh, my God, that is a very lovely woman who looks kind of horrific and teenage right now and put braces on her and everything. Yeah. I mean, they did spend a lot of time because it wasn't live. Yeah, uh, it was. Sometimes it was. It was. I mean, yeah, in front of half. audiences. Yeah. Um, but uh, they would have the time to go and actually create these pretty elaborate you know, costumes and yeah. makeup. Yeah, that was, that was, uh, and she actually, Jen went on to, uh, work at the Tonight Show with me. Where's your Emmy? My Emmy is on my mantle at home. Yeah. My house in Mar Vista. <laughs> Come get it, robbers. Wow. All right. Could you give the address? <laughs> so you dropped that little Tonight Show thing there. Um, that's another interesting aspect of your career is yeah. you uh, the Jay Leno years. Huh. Let's call them. Well, you know, I, I I was doing sketches. I was like a, a performer. Even when I was writing at Mad TV, I would ditch Mad TV to go do bits on the Tonight Show. That's right. So you were yeah you were showing up. I was double quite dipping. A bit. Yeah. yeah, I played a game show host frequently, a fake reporter, newsman. Whatever. I mean, sometimes it would be like, can you get here at one o'clock? And I, you know, skulk around and 
get to have somebody cover for whatever I was supposed to be doing. So you were kind of straddling this line of you were writing all this material for one show and then being pulled in to be a performer for hire on another high profile show, Correct. basically. And yeah. uh, did you had you kind of given up on the idea of being in front of the camera? No, no. I mean, it was still something you felt comfortable doing. Yeah. Oh, I was. Yeah, I'm still comfortable doing yeah. it. I, I just, you know, it was just. Uh, there's only so many hours in a day, right? You know? And but, and you've been a writer for the Tonight Show, right? That and happens. the Jay Leno Show. Yes. When did that happen? Uh, that <laughs> yes, ha- that happened. That happened. <laughs> uh, Mad TV ended in December of 2008. Uh, they announced that Jay Leno was going to have the Jay Leno show. You know, they had already dropped that bomb like five years earlier that right. Conan was taking That's over. right. It was like a five-year kind of lead-up to that debacle. And, yeah. And anyway, so they announced that Jay's not going away. He's going to have a 10 o'clock show. And they were looking for sketch people. And I'm like, well, I just did seven years at Mad TV. I know a lot of the people over there because I had been acting, uh, doing acting bits over there, acting. It's kind of hard to call it acting. It is. It, it, no, it's, it is, it is it's technically like acting. acting. You are given lines yeah. and you perform and them in them. front of an audience. That's true. Yeah, that's it, all that's, true. That's acting. Okay. You, you uh, didn't learn that at Berkeley. They I, didn't get that far. Not that Berkeley. You were drinking too much. That was, that was. That's a big. You were. You were doing your social science. I, I'm a social scientist. <laughs> um, the uh, yeah. So I, I actually it was the first time Facebook ever helped me. Get a job. Was, Wait, how? Well, because it was 2009. Yeah. You know, I went on Facebook and it was like, you know, it was still pretty early for Facebook, right? I right. Mean, yeah, I think so. 2006. It, 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 the was transition it was starting from MySpace. We were given up on MySpace. Yeah. <laughs> so so uh, I just started, you know, uh, checking in with people that I knew from The Tonight Show and right. said, is this Jay Leno thing? Is this happening? And everybody's positive and, you know, because they're dealing with me was only, you know, minimal because I'd just come in and I'd act. So they really didn't know what an asshole I was. So they're like, oh, yeah, it'd be great to have this guy who's usually in a good mood. <laughs> so I, I... You were uh, so happy to be out of the mad TV room. I was, ha- you, you I was happy to be performing. And so they thought, well, if he's a writer, he must be happy too. And that's just not the case. But but uh, <laughs> you have to shut it off when you're a writer. We're going to get we're gonna get into that later. So... so um. Uh, Mike Colasuno, Anthony Kaleka, I think Joe Maderos, all these guys I just hit up. And uh, I got a meeting with uh, Jack Cohen, who's the head writer. And it was the day that Michael Jackson and Farrah Fawcett perished. Wow. And it was also the same day that I shot these two. I was, Between Mad TV and Jay Leno, I was doing, I was producing these videos as a country superstar named uh, Wick Tompkins. Right. So I shot two that day, like that morning. I shot one. I went and I had my meeting, and that afternoon I shot the second one. And I, and I got to say, that was, it was pretty creative. I don't, that was only five years ago, six yeah, years ago, yeah. five and a half years ago. And I'm like, I, I cannot even fathom getting that mustache on and that hat. I Why? mean, I, I just, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm too tired. <laughs> Maybe that's it. I don't well, know. What gave you all the energy then? I don't know. I think I just was I, I, like, oh, I got to do something. You were on a roll, yeah. Uh, I don't know. And, it, and that, that character came, it was a total, not a mistake to do, but, but um, it, I came upon it as a mistake. 
like I, I wrote a song and I'm like God, this would make really more sense as a country singer. Uh-huh. And then that's that's how that happened. It wasn't like a, I'm going to be a country singer. It's right. Like, oh, there's this song and anyway. So anyway, the they hired me to be a writer on the Jay Leno show, and it was the ten o'clock show that was panned. Which and, is strange because it wasn't vastly different from what he than what he had been doing on the Tonight Show. I mean, it, I mean, they were trying new things. I mean, what 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 were you assigned to do? Monologue jokes? No, sketches? no, it was it was uh, shooting remotes. Like yeah. I learned a lot. Ooh. Like I, I I said, yeah, yeah, I, you know, I, I could do this. I could do that. I, I basically lied. I like I told them I had a lot more experience because at Mad TV, all it was was writing. Yeah, we didn't have to produce our own bits. We had a whole production staff for that right yeah you guys just turned in finished scripts right but in this case you're actually going out in the field and having to yeah. produce pieces yeah, direct yeah i mean we produced it was a one-stop shop um and so like uh i went in and i showed him a couple of the, these wick tompkins videos that i had done i go and shooting two today and i did this and this and it's like oh so you can produce that and i could you know um, but I didn't edit them, and I had somebody else edit them. But you know, I just made it sound like I knew what it what I was doing. Right. So, my first assignment was to work with Dan Finnerty and the Dan Band. And the bit was that Dan's going to be singing out in public, like making up a song that was totally pre-written. You know, the, <laughs> the whole thing was pre-written. <laughs> And by the time, I mean, well, you're was, blowing the lid off this thing. Well, I mean, it was it, it, if any anybody who knows anything about production knows that there's no way he could have just come up and su- started singing this song, and and the entire band was able to you know <laughs> right. get that arrangement well, no, immediately. I mean, there was there was you know it was pre-recorded music. It was at a car wash. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, Dan, that was it really early on? Dan, right? The first show. Yeah. It was not supposed to be in the first show, but they liked it so much that they put it into the first show, and that was the show that <laughs> where Kanye West was on right after he interrupted Taylor Swift. Yes. So it was a huge – first well, of all, it was the first show. First Jay Leno I, show I at Seinfeld, Seinfeld may have been the guest. Yes. And then Kanye West. Kanye West – was the second guest. Yeah, and getting yelled at by Jay <laughs> yeah. for interrupting poor little Taylor <laughs> was, Swift. And, it, and everybody was going to watch it to see how is this going to work? Yeah. Is this going to work? Yeah. Is this going to be a train wreck? We, what the hell? It's 17 million viewers, that yeah. first show. Oh, wow. And that, but anyway, so the, the Dan Band thing got put in, into that. So everybody yeah, saw right that. Right at the top. Yeah. Yeah. The difference between The Tonight Show and The Jay Leno Show, by the way, was that they promised to have two acts of comedy. Right. Uh, yeah. Was, in, in addition to the monologue, so really three acts of comedy. Yeah. Whereas, it, was, it was much less emphasis on guests and more on this kind of produced bit. That's that, what it was supposed to be. Yeah. And the reason it was difficult to do was because they, you know, we could write, you know, we could write it, but there just wasn't. They didn't hire a second production staff or right. double up on, you know, another cameraman or. And you're trying to crank out this stuff on a daily show. Yeah. That's rough. Yeah. So that was what seven months. Jay Leno show started. I started in August, so that was six months. Six months, and then like in sometime at the end of January or February, started all that stuff went down with Conan and right. and um, and and Jay, and you know I. Do you have a take on that? Uh, because Jay tends well, to get the the bulk of the negative kind of. 
reaction to that. And I've always been a little on the fence. I understand. I, I mean, I've, I've made my own Jay jokes myself about, you know. A, uh, look, I think Jay just does, uh, like, he, he, he would even say, he's, you know, he's a company man, you know. Right. Um, he's a company man. The the mean way to put it where that I've read is that he's a corporate stooge. Right. But he's, you know, he worked at NBC. He's like, you know, stick around. I mean, they made it wasn't him. It's them. They they made that horrible mistake oh, to yeah. say you're going to lose this show in five years. So what does Jay do? He kicks ass. Yeah. I mean, the guys. You 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 cannot. I cannot say enough good about Jay. The guy works his ass off. Sometimes, you know, I I, I disagree with his uh, comedy. <laughs> you know, like sometimes yeah. I'll think, oh, that's whatever. Predictable, but that's his thing. I mean, well, he's smart. You, you can't argue the success of the show. No. People went to it every night, yeah. and you're right. I mean, nobody's ever been able to say anything bad about him in terms of how he treated his people. Oh, and, no. And the guy's – I mean, he was – you know, it wasn't like he was this, you know, oh, children, come to me. But he was – it was like hang, hanging out with a buddy yeah. when we worked together. I mean, it was – he's funny. He's funny, and he's a regular dude, and what you see is what you get. I think you you nailed it on the head, which is from way before the whole thing with Conan versus Jay. It was NBC made a terrible decision to make that commitment and that announcement that right. early. Yep, and, five years in advance, and then they backed themselves into a corner of having to stay committed to it. Right, and there's no doubt that Conan was is is talented. Was doing a great job. Conan's with the kind awesome. Of, yeah, but boy, was that bungled so terribly it was it was every step of the way <laughs> every step of the way um i went to see the simpsons at the hollywood bowl this weekend with my son their 25th anniversary yeah and and conan uh sang the monorail song oh. that phil hartman did that was the episode he wrote, conan wrote conan wrote yeah my, that's probably my favorite simpsons it, it, all a, time it's a pretty it's pretty great and <laughs> he is part of his his patter before was, you know, he was at the Simpsons in 1991, and he left Fox for NBC. For it was, but his I can't I can't do justice to his phrasing. It was something about the the I left Fox for the mutual respect and safe haven of NBC. <laughs> something like that. Some some. It was just such a funny thing. This and it was perfect. It was perfect. And they you know, they did a great job with this song, but. So how long were you with The Tonight Show then? I was with The Tonight Show for when Jay got The Tonight Show back. I went from The Jay Leno Show to The Tonight Show for four years. And how? And what was your role there? Was it Writer. similar? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But were you still Writer. doing out like field pieces, things like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, concepts? Oh, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. You, and you got to be good at it? You got to be deaf yeah. about taking I mean, crews I was, out? And, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was, I mean, I'd be doing it still if that... Son of a bitch, Jimmy Fallon hadn't taken over. No, I love Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy and I are old friends. Come on. Oh, I tell you, you go way back. We do actually. I did. Did you know that? No, I, you I, and Fallon. Yeah. Was Fallon part of? Fallon took classes at the yeah, Groundlings. He was, the, he was part of the Groundlings in a way. School. Yeah. Yeah. Jimmy was my student in nineteen. Was it ninety six? Ninety ninety six. What level? Basic. Yeah, the very beginning, very first class he took. I was his teacher, and we go, and this is right after Will and Sherry, and I think Chris maybe had just finished their first year or just started their first year. 
right after they'd been hired. And we're sitting around, and we're sitting in a circle, as you do on basic, you know, the first day. And like, okay, tell me your name and tell me why you're taking class. And everybody's, you know, tells me. And we get to Jimmy, and he says, uh, "I'm Jimmy Fallon, and I'm here because I want to be on Saturday Night Live." <laughs> and the the whole, you know, class breaks up. Everybody's laughing. Yeah. And you know, I couldn't laugh because I'm the teacher. And I said, you know. That's great. It's great to have a goal like that. But, you, you know, even if you do great in this class, even if you go through the whole, all the levels and get into the main company, it's not a, you know, it's not a guarantee to get on Saturday Night Live. And it's like, oh, yeah, I know. I, I do stand up too. I'm like, oh, I'll be marking your progress. And he fucking did it. And you, well, know, you it, must remember the story because he must have made some kind of impression on you beyond that. I mean, in the well, cl- yeah, we were friends. I mean, yeah. we, we, you know, I taught him in the class. He was, he's good. I uh, moved him up. Um, to whatever intermediate he would check in you know we'd check in with each other a lot i'd see him around the theater he'd come to shows you know i i actually introduced him to will ferrell i introduced him to chris Catan. um yeah we're friends yeah interesting yeah and i just saw him i was just writing uh for the vmas right and he and he presented and uh god he presented Miley Cyrus with you know video of the year right and she sent the sends uh, the homeless the young guy homeless up, teenager up. who's who's a wanted man right. in Oregon <laughs> who well, thanks thanks to her they were able to identify his whereabouts <laughs> based upon the fact that he ended up on you cable know, TV God bless her uh, <laughs> that's that was funny but she, yeah he she is the gift uh, that keeps keeps on giving for comedy writers yeah yeah she? but uh, anyway I saw him there and it was you know it, it's just fun it's crazy to see like talk about seeing somebody like from infancy to superstardom well there's a guy who not only became you know somewhat of a high profile guy on snl alone but then reinvented himself as this talk show guy right and and took on a franchise in a way that just has made it his own yeah i mean it's it's jay who at this point it hasn't, hasn't been that long no i know so Seven since months. then, it's been you've you were part of the Arsenio Hall show. Yeah, boy. Role. Oh, ex- that, was, that was how long was that? My my working there. Yeah, uh, just uh, thirteen weeks. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I, it was right after right after Leno ended. Um, I had like five weeks off of work, something like that, and and we were talking about this earlier. <laughs> I, I was climbing the walls. I mean. <laughs> There's only so much organizing you can do of your garage. I mean, <laughs> literally, I was I was like putting together these gorilla racks they sell at Home Depot, you know, uh, with a, a mallet in one hand and my cell phone talking to my manager on the other hand, uh, just uh, like, well, so what's going on? I mean, uh, is this Arsenio going to pan out? Uh. And then I got there and it was like night and day from The Tonight Show, the in way that way? it worked. Uh, well, they have a lot less money. <laughs> the, uh, I learned that a syndicated uh, talk show has a great deal less money than a an NBC or Comcast, whatever, juggernaut. Um, so they had a smaller staff. The hours were alarmingly different. What would you work? Well... Tonight's show, you know, you get in there 9.30, you're good. You leave there after the show unless you have to talk to the head writer, 5 o'clock. Yeah. 
So pretty normal hours. Tonight show. Arsenio was 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Okay. And that's, you know, that's it was just like if I hadn't come from The Tonight Show, it wouldn't have been such a stunner. But it really was. I mean, it was like, what? So what it, what's filling the day that's taking that long? Writing, just rewriting, more, you're pitching. To, yeah, you're having to do more with it your was, people. It was, a, it was a, there was a lot of, um, there's a lot of writing that, boy, he didn't, he never even saw. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he would, you know, he'd come in at around 11 and do a read. And we'd have all that. We'd have like 30 pages sometimes. And we'd get to like, you know, 10 pages in, or not even that. And you go, okay, I think that's enough. And everybody whose stuff was on the the other pages was like, what? If you ended in the, if you ended up in the two thirds bottom part of the stack, yeah. never got seen. Often, often. And then, you know, a story would get old or somebody else would do it. And that would happen a lot. But and- it was, I got to say, it was. It was a fun time to be there because it was um, because of what's his name, the Clippers uh, owner. Oh, Donald Sterling. Yeah, I mean that that all happened while I was there, so that was fun. I got to be the vo- the voice of Donald Sterling a couple of times, and we did bits where you know I was a dude in the audience. I mean, it was you know it was fun. Everybody there was super cool, but it was you know, boy, not having the same amount of money as another show. Yeah. really it, it makes a difference. And you've you've mentioned the VMAs, which yep. is something you wrote for recently. And the, these kind of one-off jobs, have you had a lot of those? Have no, you, no, no. This is the first time. That is, yeah. That's that. That was the first. Um, yeah. That's Were you able time. to kind of pick up, get up to speed on that one pretty quickly? Was it kind of similar? You know, um, yeah, I mean, there were, there were aspects of it that were similar from what I'd been doing. I mean, it's, you know, int- writing, uh, trying to write an interesting intro, you know, a lot oh, of the times. you had to the, do those, yeah. Well, a lot, of, a lot of the times, too, it was like, you know, just take the joke out of it. You know, we don't want a joke there. And so the, uh, an interesting thing happened was we, when I got hired, they were going to have Jay Farrow, they were going to shoot, the plan was to shoot some sketches with Jay Farrow as Denzel Washington in training day right? with the VMA artists to watch. So it was like, oh boy, Charlie XCX, um, Sam Smith, uh, a couple other ones. Fifth Harmony, they won that. Who else? Schoolboy Q. And who else was in there? <laughs> did you know any of these artists before you did the show? Uh, yeah, I knew Charlie XCX was. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and Sam Smith. No, but, I mean, that guy's a, a, yeah, what a, what a singer. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think who the other person was, and I'm failing to remember. Oh, uh, Five Seconds of Summer. Oh, yes. So they were going to do bits with, with him as Denzel, like, you know, training these guys. Like, you know. And so it was basically taking iconic beats from that movie like when he made you saw the movie right yeah yeah, yeah. where he jammed the, the pen down smooth uh snoop's throat and made him throw up right like i was we we're i was gonna i pitched that he does that too i think schoolboy q you know just like what'd you have for breakfast today i don't know cheerios yeah you got a writing pen you're a writer right give me a writing pen give me a good writing pen and, and then jam it down his throat and make him throw up <laughs> yeah that's cheerios all right you're cool <laughs> anyway so we 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 were all writing these bits and they just ran out of time. 
they like oh we they couldn't commit to the they or they ran out of money right you know so they so the the decision was made that Jay Farrow was still going to do comedy but he was going to do it live in the show and it was great it turned out great and Brian Tucker who I met a million years ago on Mad is now the head writer at Saturday Night Live and he wrote all the stuff for Jay so as far as writing comedy went on this job it was nothing yeah you know and a lot of times i learned <laughs> these guys will come in and say yeah 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 oh this is great okay and then they'll, they'll go on stage and change it <sighs> yep yeah it's, you see that a lot you can tell too because and, and there's probably no more disparaged uh, oh. writer <laughs> in the in yeah. the business than the one who has to do the intros and the patter for yeah. award shows yeah 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 yeah. Because you usually get somebody going up there and squinting at the teleprompter, going, "Oh, okay, I, I don't here we do go." This. Yeah, <laughs> I had a I had a joke um, on a for Chelsea Handler, and it was she was presenting the best male video, and I had written for Chelsea to say, "It's no secret I'm crazy about penises," and each of these nominees has one. <laughs> And, you know, they may come in different shapes, shades, and sizes, but that doesn't bother me at all. I bet Ed Sheeran's is freckled. That was kind, that's, of, the, that's kind of the joke. That sounds like that sounds Does like it sound like something that she has? totally her voice, sounds right? like her. All right, well, there you go. So I, that's that's what everybody thought. So I was like, yeah, it's a hit. Oh, the publicists love it. Chelsea loves it. Everybody loves it. Oh, Chelsea comes to the pre-read room. She reads through it. You know, she, oh, I might I might cut it after this, but okay, blah, 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 okay. And then she goes on stage and, and makes a joke about Taylor Swift not having a fat ass. And it's like she just is inaudible. You can't yeah, stop her. What can you do about it? It's that? a live show. I can't believe Chelsea Handler totally D- bailed totally, on your dick totally, jokes. Yeah. Oh. You know, when you write it, when you craft a dick joke, Larry, <laughs> it's, it's not a, an easy task. Well, having said that, that's an interesting lead in to just kind of this general, you know, look at what you do for a living as a comedy writer. It, it's a, it's a, it's a scary life. It's an interesting life. It's uh, a career choice that you didn't necessarily expect to have i mean the interesting thing about what we talked about here and this happens a lot with a lot of the people i talk to who have reached a certain level of success in something that a lot of people aspire to is that accidents happen and you end up in a place and you end up doing a thing that you never thought you would do and you just kind of learn it and quickly kind of adapt yourself right because you were saying you were coming out of berkeley you didn't know no Um, I, i mean i went to the i went to the groundlings and started taking class there because I wanted to perform, but excuse me, in order to perform, you have to write. You're right. In addition to, you know, the improvising. And then what actually happened at the Groundlings for me was, you know, in, in, in addition to learning, you know, how to write a sketch, was I, you know, I sing, and so they would, I would constantly be the, the guy that closes the show with a song. Which would mean that I wasn't in the improv set really as much as everybody else. You know, like, right, okay, right. that's your thing. You're, that's the thing you're going to do. And so I didn't get to improvise as much as everybody else. Not complaining, but just it's a fact. And the less you improvise, uh, 
you need to improvise. That's the more a, you improvise, the better you get. That's, that's a muscle I'm, you have to yeah, develop. Totally. Yeah. And so I'd be, you know, I could knock out a song for the show's sake, you know, easily. Um, and I just, I kind of wish that it. You know, I, yeah. I could have done the other thing. Right. But anyway, so back to it. Yeah, it kind of happened as uh, an accident or a necessity. Uh, I mean, I took the job at Mad TV because I was my son was on his way. You know how it is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You needed the money. You needed the gig. Yeah, you needed, I needed, hope, well, hope it was a steady well, you know, gig. You know what? To be honest, uh, also, the other thing that happened was September 11th happened. And I it kind of shook me up a little bit yeah like i mean everybody was shaken up right uh, you'd have to be but like i was so sure i went like i went to my bank and tried to get all my money out that day really yeah i was i was pretty fritzed out so what was <laughs> so so how did that impact you it was like i job? gotta i gotta get my shit together i can't be doing i can't be going from audition to audition hoping that i get this voiceover oh, job wow. or hoping that i get this on camera job I gotta get. A, I, I need to get something going. So I, you know, I called Mike Hitchcock, who was at Mad TV, and I'm like, "Listen, I want to let's do this." And I had I had already get, I did a guest writing gig on Saturday Night Live, like, geez, three years before. So I had all these sketches that I could, you know, I had I had everything together. So I just pitched this pack, and you know, again, it's not what you know or what you do; it's who you know. And I had a solid uh, support at Mad TV, and the sketches were fine, I'm sure. But you know, when when you can say, "I know Mike McDonald, I know Stephen Craig, I know John Crane, I know Mike Hitchcock, I know Jennifer Joyce, I know you know, I know all these people. I've worked with them before. I'm the one that's going to get hired, right? So, um, so for you to say that there was no aha moment. I think we can point to nine eleven as the ultimate aha moment. Yeah, I mean, well, it, it was it was I mean, def- it was a turning point. If if it had that it had that kind of impact on everybody in some way, emotionally or whatever. But for you to kind of take it in internally to say that monstrous thing, yeah, helps me clarify what my my purpose needs to be right now right. that's and that, that's that's fascinating yeah i mean that's what it truly i mean my wife was you know my connor was on the way yeah. and he was born like, it was per, actually he was born with like a week to go in the mad tv schedule so i had this one week of work and then it was like five months off baby time it was so great beautiful it was great i mean do you remember do you remember what it was like to have that that kid? Oh yeah. I mean, in that those first few weeks of having yeah. a new human in oh. in in the in the in the house it's every horrible. day. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, it was it was like this. Well, I know what experiment. it was like. I know what it was like for dads because because um, mom would be up all night most right. of the time, and then you got him. You know, I had the same luxury of yeah. I would get off the air doing the radio at the time and be home by like eleven o'clock, and it was right. like. Here, he's yours. Goodbye. <laughs> and, and I would be daddy the rest of the day. Right. So it was a combination of, oh, God, look how amazing. And why won't he shut up? <laughs> I want to take a nap, too. Uh, I took that kid everywhere. I had a, a Bjorn, you know. <laughs> and I just, yeah. I like fused to your just body. Just walk everywhere yeah. and have him. And, and uh, you know, I'm going to go get a cup of coffee, you know. Me and the kid. Yeah. How old is he now? 12. He's going to be 13. 
in February. Just one kid? Two. I got a girl. Okay. She's nine. She's going to be 10 this month or in, in October. Yeah, so she's, boy. Uh-oh. Well, okay. the the music that was featured at the VMAs, the live performances, I knew all those songs because she is so into that. And she's into, you know, I've got the Iggy Azalea rap memorized. Oh, good. <laughs> um, I do know. not envy the girl thing. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's a... My my, I was talking to my dad about this, and I have an older sister who is a little wild, and uh, he's in. I, there's four of us, and I've got a younger brother who is a little wild. So in the middle, you know, is me and my brother who were kind of not as wild <laughs> or didn't get caught. Uh, you just got seasoned, but he said, that's, "That's right." <laughs> Big meetings on the tennis court. <laughs> uh, the, the the thing he said was. It's a lot harder when when the girl's wild. Like it's a lot. That's a lot scarier. Yeah. And I'm like, oh yeah, I guess it would be because I can get pregnant. Yeah. But because yeah. you also grew up a guy, so you know what that means too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What is uh, what's ahead for Jim Wise? I don't know, man. I, I what got, do you want to be ahead? What I, would be I, ideal I, for you? I just want to kind of do the if I if I write, I want to write on a. A high quality show I want to you know I want to get into that world of and I don't even care about the hours you know when it's a high quality show um, I you know I'd love to get on a, a show like a, a community or something I know it's on Yahoo now but you know it's still being produced sure and you know I have a friend over there uh, that just started and that seems like you know, it's kind of fresh in my mind. But also, I, I kind of want to, you know, can I still act on camera? Can I still do voiceover? Can I, you know, I know I can't work on a show uh, full time and, and also work as an actor. It's just, again, not enough hours in the day. Right. It's hard. It is. But, you know, also, I think, is it just my imagination or has everything's changed a lot yeah. in the last... You know, while I've been, you know, either at Mad TV or at Leno, uh, I mean, even within the last five years, it seems like everything's changed. I think the last two years. Two years. Alone. Yeah. I mean, I think that the way I know my kid is consuming television yeah. is vastly different than, than any of us have ever seen before. Right. And now the way that people are putting content out. It, it, there are no rules anymore. There yeah. just aren't. Yeah. So that traditional model of anything that that we're used to and anything that you worked in still exists. Right. But there are so many different offshoots of that. That I mean, the possi- the, the the upside is if you want to create content, there are so many different ways you can do it. Right. The downside is is anybody going to see it? <laughs> is anybody, right. What what. Happen? What catches? What what takes hold? What really sticks around for a while? Right, right. Because right. whatever any of us do, including this, you know, we're sitting yeah. here just talking at each other. Is right. anybody going to listen to this? And does it mean anything? Right. I hope so. Yeah. I want people to enjoy it. I want people to learn from it. I want people to understand what it takes in a creative capacity. You know, somebody like you, who is a funny guy, who has written. I mean, we could say probably thousands and thousands of funny things. Where did it all go? How much of it actually got seen? How much of it actually yeah, yeah, made it oh, on yeah, the yeah. air? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's... Definitely. That's, and so that's the question is, 
for those of us who like to create, yeah. um, where do we get to express ourselves? So that's why I did this. And that's yeah. why I dragged you in here, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish well, we had... I'll, t- I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what's next for me. Yeah. Um, I will be playing at the St. Paul Fall Festival with a bunch of very talented musicians who also happen to be fathers at that school. Yes. St. Paul and Westwood. Uh, it's uh, well. What's the date? And how much are the tickets? It's and... uh, it's uh, that's I'm plugging my. I can't believe I'm I'm going to plug this. But uh, your kids' school festival. My kids' school festival. Yeah. Um, we're uh, no, they're, they're we're actually really good. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't talk about it, but these guys are like, you know, this guy's not in the band anymore. But do you know who Nuno Betancourt is? Yes. Okay, so Nuno was in the. Th- that's what I'm saying. Yeah. This guy was the lead he guitar. He had a hit record. He had a big he was a, hot he was AC record. Extreme. Yeah. yeah. Uh, more than words. Oh, yes. He wrote. He wrote more than words. There we go. But he's. I think he plays with Rihanna now. But he was in the band before my kids went to school there. If people hear this and go see that, is there going to be a Ferris wheel? Interesting. There's going to be a bunch of stuff. There, right. there's, there's some there's dunk some, tank. I don't know about that, but right. there's some dough at the school, and uh, they just redid it, and there are there, there's some there's some deep pockets. Dude, good gig. Not mine. Well, I'm not getting paid. It's not a gig, gig. <laughs> it's just to go and entertain. But will Express- they pants you at the end of the set? Please, <laughs> please. No, oh, God, that was so stupid. It's pretty funny though. Think about that. Oh boy. All right, we'll be there. Jim Wise, uh, a. A vast array of experiences. Yeah, yeah. Now, when you come back, we'll do part two and we'll cover the romantic life because we just oh boy, yeah, it's a whole another hour. (laughs) Thanks, Jim. Your bet. Get a monkey. Get a monkey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news. You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.